You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi, lovelies. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. And I'm Riley. And I know you missed us. We missed a week. We're out on vacation, which we definitely deserved. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Just before we get started, some things to uh, go over. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to 50 Plus a Tip podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, all the good stuff. And uh, what else do we usually tell them? Uh, follow our Instagram account because we don't show up for many people anymore. Uh, 50 plus a tip pod. Right, right. And our Patreon, of course. Check us out on Patreon for the full visuals of the episodes and all this behind the scenes stuff we put up on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will get a little, you know, insider view of our lives since we don't tell you enough on the podcast. (laughs) So what about some life updates for you? What's new and exciting? I mean, apart from, I mean, that vacation was my life update, really. And we're both back to school full time tomorrow or today. (laughs) Yeah, I guess today. How are you feeling about being back in school? Um, I feel, to be very honest, I'm like borderline embarrassed at my age being in school full time. Um, I think I should be like teaching the class by now, which was like my original goal when I had ambition and was young and bright eyed and bushy tailed. <laughs> when I'd I had have, hopes like, and I'd dreams. have two doctorates by 30. Um, but no, I, yeah, I think like I'm dreading being the old hag in classes for sure. Um, I don't know how much patience I'll have with 20 year olds who think they have like world, world knowledge on things, um, lived experiences. So they stay in their parents' home and haven't <laughs> actually experienced anything. Um, but no, I'm excited. I love I love learning. So I always like being in a classroom for that. I've met one of my profs already. She was seemed really dope. So yeah, that should be good. I mean, it's not like you're in lower level classes, though. You're doing like a like yeah. a post. I'm, like you're not in your bachelor's, right? No, I'm in a post baccalaureate diploma uh, program. So like everyone there already has a degree, but that means they could be like 22, right? So. I have a couple years on the, the yeah. inside 24. Well, <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, like, because I took, I don't know, four or five years off, like, university. Like, I graduated high school in 2013, mm. and I didn't go back to university. Well, I didn't go to university until 2018. Mm. Um, and then I, uh, like, took some years off, too, because of how the semesters go. I can't go home in the summer break. Like, it's winter no one has holidays during that time. Like, it didn't make sense. So I would have to take a semester off, like, to try and go home to, like, visit family. Plus, I changed my degree. Um, And so, like, even, I mean, a year ago now, I guess, like, the last, not last semester, the semester before, because, again, I took another semester off. um, I was in a class with somebody who couldn't drink. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because I remember, like, for my, like, second degree, I was, how old am I now? Yeah, I think I was like 27. Yeah. And there was a person in my class that was 19. And I was like, I felt so old. Yeah, that's the, that's exactly how it was for me. Yeah, well. I don't know. I like <laughs> my mom went to university for the first time at like 40 something. And so like. Yeah. Yeah, I just think I'm a little hard on myself about like academia, especially and like wow, where I want to be. So new and crazy about <laughs> you. I've never. <laughs> Yeah, learning little, learning things every time. Yeah, a little maybe too hard on myself a little bit. Uh, news that's news for everyone. Um, but no, I'm excited. I'm excited to add another yeah piece of paper to your 
Fuck. <laughs> Storage bins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Frames that never gets mm-hmm. hung yet. Um, but yeah, we went on that um, like a three-week vacation. I and know, it was excessive, it's... but it was so nice and it flew by. And probably one of like the funnest vacations I've had because um, we just did a bunch of like fun stuff. We went to nine escape rooms, yeah. which was obnoxious, but very fun. And we got out of all of them. I am a my side. <laughs> yeah, we almost went on to leaderboard in some of the ones because yeah. you had to like have no hints and make it under a certain amount of time. I think we were like five minutes off on one of them. Yeah. And also it was that was the one that was like four people recommended. Yeah. So yeah. we did it with two people. Yeah. Yeah. Are we should we just drop out of school and be professional escape, escape room artists? So <laughs> <laughs> calling. What do you think the escape room like Houdini would be called? There has to be a pun there. Suckle back. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll go right in. that one. Yeah. Um, and then we did a virtual reality. I'd never done free roam before, and that was very fun. For those who don't know what free roam virtual reality is, in the times I've done it before, you didn't have a vest on. You just had your um, head, like your ear mm-hmm. and your eye helmet kind of thing, and you're in like almost like you're on the like padded room pretty much yeah like maybe like a eight by eight room and uh your par- other friend or whatever is like in a room near you but you can still see each other on the screen but you're not in a room together and they're kind of like little cubicles and then right. the free roam is like a massive room um and you guys are literally like free roaming the room with like your backpack on and like your helmet and you again can see each other on the screen um in your like your visual yeah in your virtual reality uh, so that was really fun. Um, apparently, he had time to tell you that to remind you that you were <laughs> you were not actually in a war torn country, and <laughs> <laughs> you were like on firm ground because we were fighting zombies, obviously, yeah. as one does in virtual reality. And there was a part where we had to like climb up this kind of like really steep ledge. Yeah, it was and like apparently a, you like tried to lean on the wall. <laughs> I did. I did try to lean on the wall, like the wall in the virtual reality, not the wall. Yeah, in. there was no wall. <laughs> uh, it was like a little cinder block in the virtual reality. I tried to like lean on it to like change hands with my guns. Yeah. Anyway, you're really, you're really immersed. Yeah. In it. <laughs> and then yeah, there was this really steep ledge that um, you have to walk up, and I was like at the bottom of it for a while, and I was just like, it, for my mind just could not grasp the fact that you could just walk. I could just walk straight and um the i just hear the like game master over the headphones be like just remember riley like you're on like flat ground (laughs) you're fine and then after we were talking to the people and one of them was like yeah you almost like hit me with your gun and i was like what do you mean like i where were you he's like yeah so many people fall over on that part that stumped you that we have to like hold their backpacks that's so – it's even creepier to know that someone's just, like, holding on to you didn't even Yeah. Know. They should tell people that. Apparently I just, like, whipped around to, like – because I sensed something behind me thinking it was a zombie. There's <laughs> this poor 18-year-old kid. Yeah, <laughs> trying, to, trying to help me not fall over. Yeah, it was very fun. And then we went to Activate – one of those Activate rooms, which is yeah. super cool. Um, it's, like, a, ba- a massive warehouse that has, like, different rooms in it. And, like, I think it's broken into seven rooms. And you get a wristband that's, like – you tap on each door of the room to let you know if the room's like accessible if mm-hmm. people are in it. And once the room is free, each room has its own kind of like style of game. So there's one that's just like laser beams and you have to like jump over each colored laser that tells you to. Yeah. Um, another one's like kind of like a um, disco floor almost and it lights up and then it tells you like 
run to the red square is three, two, one, and you have to like get to the red square. Yeah. Um, another one was this seeing eye where all four of the rooms have um, a massive eye on them and then different letters and it tells you what word you have to spell. So you have to run around hitting each of the letters to spell the word before the eye turns on and like sees you. Yeah. And if it sees you, you have to go and like hide behind the middle cylinder. Like column column thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was very fun. Um, again, definitely I think um, we were the oldest people there by about 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so fun. And I also like that like the rooms, um, it's like one group at a time pretty much. So like as soon as you hit your like little wristband on the room, it tells the next person in that room like, "Hey, someone's waiting now. You have to leave once this game's done." Yeah, and then you can like go and you have to like play with the children, which is probably could have word that differently. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice so that you you don't have just one group kind of because there's different levels too. So you yeah. do level one, and then you can go up to I don't know. I'm sure it's like eight or something. Yeah, and then you uh, yeah once you finish a level, you can can continue until someone else is waiting yeah and then you have to leave the room if you either like get to the next level or fail but then you can circle back around and like take your turn again yeah yeah we were there for a good amount of time it was very fun it was a great like um hit workout like yeah I (laughs) was like sweating and like dying I was my arms were so sore the next day from From throwing the balls I think it was from like aggressively hitting the numbers I think no I think I think our arms were sort of from whipping those little balls at the uh, targets that's why I think oh, I was. Maybe. You thought it was from hitting a button? Yeah, I did. Well, <laughs> I have more faith in you. Than no, I hit them really. <laughs> yeah, you did. I mean, I got a rug burn on my knee from like jumping onto the column. But I tackled you behind the column at one no, point. I, I didn't even know that was like the point of the game because there was often to like read up on the game first yeah. before you went in and we just went raw dog them. <laughs> we failed quite a bit, but we learned. Our, we learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, we also did the, this uh, trampoline park. Yeah. Which was super. I thought everyone else was going to go on vacation. They're like drunk on a beach and we're like doing like <laughs> we're going to like kids' places. <laughs> but the trampoline park was so fun. But um, it was, uh, yes, I definitely got to the point where I was like, okay, we need to leave. Cause it was like we yeah. definitely were like, it was us and then kids' parents and then children. And we were like, okay, <laughs> we kind of look like better models. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so fun. Like it would be really cool to like run that place out. Mm-hmm. I 100% do that and just yeah. like fuck around. Well, we. We're just chatting with someone that we met in, um, like, in, at dinner once, and he was saying that he rented it out for his, like, 40th birthday or something, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. very fun. Yeah. Um, speaking of dinner, we also found some really, really good um, food on our trip, which mm-hmm. it wasn't a place that I thought was, like, big in, like, the foodie scene. And honestly, I was, like, very impressed with, like, every restaurant we went to. And, like, the cocktails were really cool. We tried some, like... Because we're adults and we did go drinking on our trip and <laughs> just play games. Uh, we're cool adults, okay? Uh, we had like some truffle-infused martinis, which mm-hmm. were really cool. And we went to a really neat uh, champagne bar, like speakeasy style. Very neat. Um, really good, some really good steaks. Yeah. yeah. I was very, very impressed with like, the food scene for sure. And uh, also we met some like really fucking nice people. I know. We talked to people. Oh, we were, we were just very social. In places. If they like actually and that's one thing that I found about Calgary was people were so um friendly. Like people just kind of struck up struck up a conversation with you, which you don't really get in um Vancouver. And that's where we got like a ton of our recommendations was just like talking to random people, which is so unlike us. 
Very unlike us. <laughs> but yeah, us. yeah, that's how we learned about the champagne bar. That's how we learned about Activate and yeah, Flying was, Squirrel. That was not a nice thing was um, I met this one really lovely gentleman and he gave me a whole list of recommendations. So I messaged him after. I said, oh, I'm going to check out, you know, uh, the champagne bar. And uh, he was so sweet. We finished up our bill or like finished up our food. We asked for the bill and they let us know that he had like taken care of our champagne. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really nice of him. Like that's something you don't see here in our hometown. The men are not gentlemen. And you would never get like a random guy who calls ahead to the restaurant to like sort your bill. Like that was a really, really nice gesture. And then he took us out for like a really nice breakfast too. Offered mm-hmm. to take us to Banff. We just didn't have time in our schedule to go for Banff. But yeah, we had too many escape rooms lined up. A lot of escape rooms. Can't, can't <laughs> miss them. But uh, that was really sweet. He was, a, he was a very, very nice gentleman. I, it was really nice to meet him. Yeah. And yeah, we just lucked out with like meeting a lot of really cool guys. Um, there was this one group of guys that we met when we were at one of the downtown bars and they were just so funny like we were like crying laughing like um so it was nice I found like the guys in um no disrespect to Vancouver men all disrespect to Vancouver men um (laughs) but I found like the men there were like quite handsome like on average like good looking guys Mm -hmm. and like wicked personalities and here in Vancouver it's like they're unattractive and shit personalities like you gotta have one or the other yeah just very chivalrous yes very like old school mentality of like yeah I liked Mm -hmm. it yeah it was very nice it was a nice change of pace lovely yeah we also went to a psychic and that was cool we just we kind of like went in with the idea of like we want to try the fun things we want to like do things we don't do a lot at home or we don't have time to do at home. So we went to this psychic and, you know, of course the first thing is like, you know, do you have someone in your life? Or like, if you do, I think this is the feeling I'm getting about them. And uh, <laughs> she was pretty savage. She was like, if there is, like to me, she was like, if there is um, a, a guy in your life right now, she's like, he's probably not remotely satisfying you. And I have a feeling he'll never emotionally mature. And he's blocking the way for like a much better man to come into place. And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> Oof. And that man is riding a yak. <laughs> riding a yak. Oh, yeah. And then, so when she pulled one of the cards, it was like a gentleman on a yak. And she was <laughs> And I was like, so where's the gentleman on the yak? Like, where do you find those? <laughs> and she's like, yak's very hard to come by. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that was interesting because I didn't tell her anything about mm-hmm. anyone in my life. Um, but uh yeah, that was uh, something to, t- to take note of, those comments, for sure. Um, and then uh, she was saying, you know, like a move might be in your future. Um, and, you know, you and I were actually talking about like buying a place somewhere else, just to, like rent out part-time or stay part-time. And mm-hmm. um, that was something we had like, just talked about the day before. So, yeah, there was a few things that I was like nail on the head. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I liked it. It was a cool experience. And I, I think too, like, do I believe – in like clairvoyancy, um, I think people are really good at reading others and I think people are really, really good at reading patterns. Like I think people have like really um, strong, like what's the word? Like uh, intuition, like intuition, but like. Um, like people reading skills, like perception? Um, like their gut, they have really good gut instinct and they mm-hmm. can listen to it. I think your gut instincts get stronger the more you listen to it. And I think that some people are just more perceptive to patterns. So like if you know someone acts a certain way, you're going to be more likely to know how they're going to act in the future because you've watched how they act. You know, past behavior is like the best indicator of future behavior. Um, So I think that is like one way people can be like appear to have like psychic abilities. 
or good intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think there's like a bit of a science behind it, why certain people are like more perceptive. Um, do I think like you can just like look at someone and know like the day they're going to die? Like, eh, I don't know about that. I mean. They'd make a lot of money. If you yeah. Um, but yeah, I think she was like, yeah, hit the nail on the head for a few things. And I think also when you go to a psychic, like what they tell you and how you perceive it's more telling, if that makes sense. Like what you resonate with and what you don't is like more telling than what they're actually telling you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if she says like, you know, that yak man and I'm like, oh, I love a yak man. Like <laughs> that, I've learned something about myself that I really love yaks. Like, <laughs> You know, you go to the countryside and find some. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, how about you? Montana, here we go. Yeah, exactly. Is that where the yaks are? I don't know. No, I I think they're like, are they like somewhere in Europe? I feel like it's a Europe thing. Yeah. Like they'd be like on the Switzerland countryside or something. Like kind of near mountain goats. It's giving me mountain goats. Yeah, mountain goats, right? Like I think they'd be like in like the Swiss Alps or something. Should we Google it? Yeah, I'm going to find I'm going to Google where yaks are. Will you tell us about your psychic experience? I mean, mine was good. Um, I wanted a lot of direction on, on like, finishing. Where, <laughs> where, where can you find it yet? Uh, we are so off. It's Tibet. <laughs> oh. So they're in China. And also Central Asia and Mongolia. Wow, we were not close at Our all. Our yaks hey? down in Canada. Some yaks are present in the 1980s in the polar park of Edmonton, Alberta. <laughs> okay. Back we go. <laughs> so I either go to China or Alberta. <laughs> Okay. Wow, damn. We know nothing about yaks. I'm, yeah. I really need to. Or are yaks aggressive? There has been very little documented aggression from yaks towards humans. See, I knew. A gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> My type. <laughs> okay. How was your psychic experience? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I went in uh, wanting kind of a little bit of direction for my, um, like, Entire life. Entire <laughs> life. No, finishing university and then um, also like continuing with dancing. I'm starting to feel like the closer I get to the end of my um, degree, the less I want to use it and the less I feel ready to like move away from dancing. I just really want to make the most of um, my stripping career. And so I just, I mean, I could have gone to a careers counselor. I decided to go to a psychic. <laughs> um, but fun. Yeah, it was nice. I, yeah, I guess it's like the thing that you like perceive in like certain ways. So like obviously like she just sort of maybe told me what I wanted to hear or like validated, I should say, mm-hmm. like what I feel like I know, but I'm too maybe like afraid to admit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, no, it was really good. I just know we're wearing the exact same outfit. I know. <laughs> and if you sign up to the Patreon, you can see that. <laughs> you can see exactly what the black on black outfit we're wearing today is. Uh, new shoes? They are new shoes. Are they from your early Christmas? Early Christmas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what Riley is referencing is my parents are very funny. And uh, since we were gone for three weeks, I obviously didn't want all my like multiple Amazon orders a day to arrive at my house because I just obviously don't want people knowing you're like not home. So I sent it all to my parents' address and was like, hey, heads up, you're going to get some Amazon packages. Like, how much do we expect? I was like, 400. <laughs> like, so I went over yesterday to pick up my dog, which they had to take care of, and say hi to them and that. And I just go, they're so funny. I um, go into the living room and uh, there's a Christmas tree up with lights on and everything and like all my Amazon packages <laughs> <laughs> underneath the Christmas tree. And I was like, what's this? They're like, well, we figured you were like, you were celebrating early Christmas to yourself. <laughs> 
I was like, oh, you guys got old and funny, hey? Yeah. Okay. They put the little um, letters in the tree. Yeah, it's like, like my mail. My yeah. mail it came from like my bank and stuff. Yeah. They like put it in the tree like it was like a Christmas gift. They are funny. I get that. That's where yeah, I get all they my really, humor from. I love the commit to the bin. Oh, it was fully decorated Christmas tree. <laughs> I know. I, in August. I like zoomed in. I was like, shit, they put up decorations and everything. Yeah, and they like, committed. The little elf thing next to yeah. it. <laughs> they did a whole, a whole thing. Yes, they oh, are I can funny. Just, I can just picture them sitting it up like giggling, giggling yeah. to oh, them. For sure. Oh, for sure. My dad came around the corner so happy to see my reaction. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have very funny parents. Yeah. That's where you get it from, I guess. <laughs> Truly. Um, okay. Since we didn't get to work a lot, we put a bunch of stuff. We, like, made a pact, like, months, like, when we started first planning this trip that we were not going to, we were going to hold back on some of our work stories because we need something to tell you guys. Yeah. When we did get back. So. And we have some doozies. Okay. So I'm going to, we probably won't remember half of these ones, but. Yeah. Okay. So. There was a guy at the club one time. They were on like a bachelor party. And I was like, hey, do you guys want to go for dances? Or there was just two at the time. I was like, do you guys want to go for dances? You were standing with me. And I think you actually have a story about the other guy you were standing with. Because <laughs> I remember you turning me saying, this is for the ball. <laughs> Which we do a lot to each other. And uh, his friend was like, oh, I'm going to have to, you know how they always like try pawn you off on someone else? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Um, so he was kind of like, and his friend came up behind him and he was like, oh no, he like, he'll go for dance. He'll go for dances. And he just blurts out, I have gas. I have bad gas. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> you should really bottle that and sell it. <laughs> but I was like, all right. I think he actually said, stay away. I have bad gas. Like, <laughs> I was like, I know I know what it suffice, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, gassy. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, so I I mean I have extensions um and I kind of don't know how to act with him. <laughs> and so I turned around really fast to this other guy, I think, and I kinda like whipped him in my in the face a little bit with my hair. And he's like, Oh, what is that? And he like sniffs my hair. And he's like, Don't tell me, is that Purell? And I was like, like the hand sanitizer? And I was like, don't you ever insult me like that again. And then I lift his hat, bold. And I'm like, oh, I forgive you. He purels his head? No, I think he's just like his, his like lack of understanding comes from like ignorance of like not having hair. I think he purels his head. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. That's I, bet, I bet a lot of people rub it like a genie. Yeah. And then he has to constantly purel it. But he he left, dude. He left the bar. He was so upset that I said that. Good. Leave. You and your gassy friend. Get fuck out of here. <laughs> take, take Gassy McGasterson with you. I was like, I like lifted the head. I was like, no, I get it. Oh, you hate yourself. <laughs> you know what? I joke, but I love a bald man. Yeah, I do too. Some, some bald men can really pull it off. But be funny about it. Yeah. Own your baldness. Yeah. Shine that top. You know, I'm getting a reference to is she's the man, or he's like, <laughs> which, male we also, pattern baldness. which we also watched twice. Yes, we did. We did watch twice <laughs> on our trip. Um, okay. So there was a guy in a bachelor party that came to the club, and uh, you were there for part of it. Um, he like was like, kick me in the balls, slap me in the face. But they always start like very like demure and then like, the, the beat hits and they're like, punch me in the face, slap my balls. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. And uh, first he was like pointing to me. He's like, you're, you're Daphne, okay? And I was like, 
Daphne. I'm like, okay, that's not remotely the name I gave him, but whatever. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, Daphne was my ex-girlfriend. Oh, wow. I'm like, all right. <laughs> this is some therapy we're working through, some unresolved issues. But keep in mind, this man's like was getting married the next day. He said mm-hmm. like his wedding is tomorrow. Also one. Unhinged that you're going on a bachelor party or just out chaotically drinking. Smashed. Your, yeah. Like he was there till the end. I was like, isn't your wedding in like four hours? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then he starts like asking me like after he's got his balls like sufficiently smashed around. <laughs> smushed. <laughs> he's like, um, can I please get your advice? Like, should I marry my wife? And I was like, well, this is real down to the water. <laughs> yeah, if you're questioning it, maybe not. Yeah, and he was like, she won't. He's like, she won't fuck other men for me. Oh, so he's like, he likes a little cuck situation. Yeah, and he was like, I want her to fuck men and have, and I want, I want to eat their cum out of her. Um, am I weird? And I was like, no, you're not weird. Like, <laughs> you're weird that you're here when you're yeah. waiting tomorrow and you're asking a stripper advice on if you should leave your wife. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> The eating cum, no. <laughs> we all do it. <laughs> um, but so that was like a bit unhinged. And then like we fin- he like we finished up like all our dances. He went for like quite a few. And we really got into deep discussion about like kinks and like no one should be shamed for them. But like if you're not sexually satisfied, like is there more in the relationship fulfilling you mentally, physically? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we got in a real deep discussion. And then he'd like break and he'd be like, kick my balls again. <laughs> oh. Kick, kick, kick. And then we go back to like, well, we can is your him- heart fulfilled? <laughs> We can add him to unhinged husbands. <laughs> unhinged, oh, unhinged pending husband. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they're. I wonder how they're doing. I um, actually have a note on this person too, but my note just says Daphne and Destiny, which was the names that he called us. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who Destiny was. If that was like that another. was me. No, but oh, it was another oh, X. Who knows? Or did he just really want like the alliteration of like two Ds? Yeah, probably. <laughs> he loves a double D. Okay, <laughs> just call me Danica. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's other options. Daphne's a shitty name. Um, yeah, so. That was interesting. And then he'd like see me around the bar. Like we'd finish up and I, I left and, you know, went to satisfy other kicking fetishes. And he would see me every once in a while and be like, should I marry her? Like every time he'd see me, I'd be like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> you got now three hours to decide. So crunch time. It was unhinged. Um, We had some like really good private parties recently. Mm-hmm. Um, You really leaning into your dirty dancing face. <laughs> You're constantly dirty dancing with men and men constantly fling you up in the air. I love, I love that for you. Um, One uh, day we'll do a compilation. I'll figure out how to like um, blur like oh my God, yes. the person out and we'll just do a compilation of like men throwing me yes, around. Have them sides like that they're okay to get filmed yeah. even though they got blurred still. Yeah. Like, cover all our legal asses. So. Yeah. That'd be so funny. Um, also at the club, I met this like really dope guy. Um, and then he like begged me to go to a funeral with him the next day. <laughs> He's like, would you be my date to this funeral? I was like, uh, honestly, I'd love that for the pod. I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but then ended up, he ended up getting too hungover to go. But I was like, fuck, I totally would have like rolled through that that uh, yeah that funeral. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did he say that you could wear his mom's shoes? Yeah. I was like, I have my own black shoes. He's like, you can wear my mom's shoes. I was like, why would I wear, why would I wear your mom's shoes? <laughs> it was pretty fucking funny. I really wished I'd gone to the funeral. Yeah. I would have put on the best show. Oh, I would have like, yeah. asked to do a speech. I would have <laughs> cried so much. Poor Paul or yeah. <laughs> whoever died. Probably some like Ebenezer, mm-hmm. some old guy, but um, um, would have been hilarious. Yeah, and then a while ago we were discussing um, 
uh, names for boobs, right? And uh, so I've been asking guys, like, what is your most, like, unhinged names? And I haven't gotten anything that we really haven't gotten. Oh, oh, we did have someone in the wild say... um, In the wild. (laughs) In the club, in the wild, say, um, was it Dig Biddies? Yes. (laughs) Tig Biddies. Tig Biddies. We were, like, like, in a double dance. I warned you people saying it's horrible. Yeah, we were in a double dance. I had lost it. And this is why the conversation came up. But they also came up with milk bags, which I think is atrocious. Ew. And it's really like, I want to fuck my mom. Oh. That's what's getting. And why, coconuts, like, which I don't know why we didn't bring, have. Because no one over the age of two says that. <laughs> coconuts. Or, or like under 65. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's unreal, coconuts. And then so I told them about the meat ratio um, that came up in, was it our last solo podcast, I think, was meat ratio. Yeah. Yeah, because this was like a day after that. And... Um, so I'm telling him about this and then I like I'm doing a, a dance in the club and he's like, wow, I really love those uh, the milk label on that. What is that? Two percent. And I'm like, what? And he's just describing my boobs as like milk cans. First off, when is milk in a can? But uh, <laughs> no, jugs, 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 cartons, sweetened condensed milk, right? Uh, condensed milk. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> That's unfortunate because your yeah. breast condensed milk. The very small powder <laughs> milk is old. <laughs> it's old titties. Um, men are unhinged. Men are unhinged. Um, okay, I got progressively more unhinged ones coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> I thought this was hilarious, and thankfully he laughed too. There's a guy who was like had been in the army, and he was talking about like you know he <laughs> he was like he was like a sniper or some shooter thing. He was like sniping. And he was like, oh, I'm I'm like actually like disturbingly good at like shooting people. Anyways, and then him and I were talking about that, and I was like, cool, yeah, pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen us in virtual reality. Yeah. <laughs> we also kill zombies. <laughs> um, and uh, you end up standing beside us at one point, and he had poppies on his arms. And you're like, oh, poppies, like, aren't those for, like, remembrance? He's like, actually, they're for, like, my, like, I can't remember the number, but, like, my friends that died. I didn't even say that. I just said, ooh, poppies. Yeah. <laughs> and and he goes, he, yeah, they're for my friends that died. <laughs> no, he's like, those are for, like, remembrance for my friends that died. And uh, I just, like, leaned into him. I said, did you kill them? <laughs> and he just. And him and I just like burst out laughing. And I was like, I'm yeah, so bad. glad you thought that was funny. Because it could go either way. You could yeah. either like burst into tears. Or, like, mm-hmm. Because he had gone like such depth about how like, he's such a good killer. Yeah. Like I couldn't resist. <laughs> Prove it. Did you kill him? <laughs> oh my God. We laughed so oh, hard. Oh, that's bad. No, oh, just terrible. It's terrible. Rip. It's not anyway. funny, is it? <laughs> Rip to your friends. Anyway. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Anywho, uh, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> entertainment purposes only. Yeah, allegedly died. <laughs> uh, okay, so these two last ones are like my all-time favorite stories, I think, of this year of work. Do you have more to go before I get into these ones? I think I have. Is it about Keel? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then one is about. Yeah, so okay. one is about that guy, the last guy. Okay. Um, and just some like iconic things that he said while he was around us. Okay. Um, including my favorite, you like he um, he told us that we uh, look rough and could use some more collagen in our lives, <laughs> <laughs> which is rude because we take it daily. Yeah, I give, I literally can't take more collagen. Yeah. I'm supposed to. Um, and then just saying softly, you girls drive me to drink. 
<laughs> and like, yeah, it was like a very soft undertone yeah. he say to himself. <laughs> and then my favorite is when he did a bypass of me and kisses me on the forehead and goes, you're like the hot blonde lesbian I never loved. So sorry. <laughs> and walked off. <laughs> he was unhinged and hands down the best person I've met. Oh, my God. This year. <laughs> Maybe ever. Incredible. He was, An so, incredible he was like man. young. Yeah. Um, yeah. His He was so witty and funny. Yeah. And I was like, how are you not like someone stolen you yet? You're yeah. so like funny. Like we were just crying, laughing the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That was, so uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love a random forehead kiss. It's so, it really tickles me when people forehead kiss you out of nowhere in like the most inappropriate yeah. times. Um, okay. <laughs> So we were <laughs> doing a private party and this guy was a finance bro and like the most finance of finance bros you would think of in your life. Like just look like one, act like one, talk like one, smell like one, like just yeah. was a finance bro. Kind of arrogant, kind of annoying, but like flexed his money like that. And we were in his washroom getting changed. Oh, you were getting changed. I came in. And I was like, what's that? And there was like a, like a dark, like dark blue, almost black. Um, square on the ground. And I was like, what like is that? Like a package of some sort. Uh, yeah. And I was like, what is that? And then I go over and I pick it up. I'm like, you know, I think, like, <laughs> did you drop a pad? And she's like, what? Like, obviously not. Like, who wears a pad to work? <laughs> and so we opened the cover that was like near it. And there was like male <laughs> incontinence pads. Which is not funny. No, unless you're this person. <laughs> and the only reason it's funny is because this guy was so arrogant. But it was nice to have, no, he had like our uh, Achilles heel <laughs> of dribbles. <laughs> and I re- and I put it back because I was like, you know, what? I don't want him to know we know. Like, you know, I don't want to embarrass him. But now I really think we should have done is just take it a bunch and peel them and <laughs> stuck it all over the mirror. <laughs> or like stuck them in a word saying bye or yeah. like thank you. <laughs> exactly. or, like, best of luck with your dribble. Like <laughs> That would be so many pads. I know. <laughs> we call order more on Amazon yeah. to finish it. Um, yeah, that was a nice pleasant surprise. I didn't even know those were a thing, to be honest. Yeah. I just thought it was like for like diapers, but like I didn't know there was like actual pads for men. Yeah. Um, I love that for him. He probably does not. <laughs> okay, and then my hands down favorite story. Okay, sorry. Also, the thing with that was he was in the bathroom like directly before me. Oh, okay. Well, then he because he pad. was like, no, but he was like, hey, like you can use this to like the get, pad. get changed in, <laughs> and so like he would have seen it on the floor. No, he probably dropped it on the floor. He's, he probably switched out his pad, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like closing. No. Well, he probably aggressively know, grabbed it like, from the drawer. He, he would have in a hurry. Like, it was like right there. Like you would have seen it. No, I think he was in a. He felt the dribbles <laughs> coming. <laughs> felt the little dribble. Ran in, <clears throat> went ham on the <laughs> on the pads. <laughs> flung them willy-nilly yeah and then like left one on the ground by accident and then he turned walked away and then it just sat there waiting for us to see it. <laughs> yeah oh good <laughs> okay my favorite story <laughs> was i was doing a dance for that guy that had all the funny lines it couldn't have happened with a better person and my back was to him and i was doing the dance and all of a sudden i hear you go no, <laughs> no in slow motion. And I feel his hand on the back of my head. And then like, all of a sudden, 
all of a sudden, I feel very bald. <laughs> and this man <laughs> ripped my wig off me. <laughs> and then proceeded. I was like, we were all, you could hear it was like silent. Like, and then we're just like, <laughs> and then we all just burst out laughing, all three of us. So he had my like, and he had like put my hands behind my back, like as like a joke when I was dancing. Mm -hmm. So we had like my hands behind my back in one hand and like my wig in the other. And I was like, okay, you gotta like go one of those. Like, give me the wig back. Or, like, and then you <laughs> took the wig out of his hand and like awkwardly placed it on my head again. <laughs> and thank fucking oh. God, two things. Thank God I had told him it was a wig. Yeah. <laughs> And thank God my bald cap, bald cap no, came, came off with just sitting there, my bald cap. Just like a little golem. Like. <laughs> oh, fuck. It was oh. so funny. That was hands down, go down. That's like the funniest lap dance. Oh, my God. I'm going to need one of Kyle's pads. I feel like I'm going to pee myself off. <laughs> <laughs> Unhinged. Uh. Oh, good. That was very funny. Mm -hmm. I did like that a lot. <laughs> So that's why you should always tell people when you're wearing a wig. Yeah. <laughs> they rip it off you. <laughs> oh, man, those are good. Okay, random musings. I got a um, screenshot from a story that the Dancers Resource posted, who we have had on our show a couple seasons back. And Chris says, great, Krista Parker. Uh, check out her Instagram, the Dancers Resource. Super helpful. A lot of knowledge on it, a lot of education. Check them out. So someone had written into her um on, on um, Instagram, I guess, asking for advice. So I'm just going to read it and then you can give me your opinion on it. So I need a little advice. I've been a dancer for 18 years, mostly on Bourbon Street. I've always, I've usually always worked with a professional staff in management. Occasionally DJs will be inappropriate, no big deal, but I've never given a staff member a lap dance. Last night I worked in Austin at a certain club. It was a slow night, but I wasn't fretting. At some point, the GM tipped me when I was on second stage. Cool. I had seen him tip a few girls I didn't think much of it. Then later he ended up getting dances with me, a GM. Money wasn't there and it's expensive to work in this particular club, so I accepted reluctantly. He wasn't inappropriate or anything, but it's definitely the weirdest feeling dance I, I've ever had because of his job position. Is this a thing? Like, is this normal? I mean, it's definitely not normal, I don't think. I've never heard of, like, any type of manager getting a, a lap dance. Um, like, especially on the clock. Like Yeah, it sounded like he was like working. Yeah. I mean, he maybe wasn't, but either way, it's inappropriate, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it's, he can go to a strip club where he doesn't work at. Because you were there's such such a power to them. Like they're um you're in a power position over these girls. Mm hmm They like what if he did do something inappropriate in the dance? Like she probably wouldn't feel comfortable saying anything because he could very easily fire her. Like and unfortunately we see a lot of these fucking managers abusing their positions and you know, inappropriately being with girls or flirting with especially the young ones and knowing these girls don't even get to, like, stand up for themselves because you could, like, take their job away from them and you probably have verbally threatened that. I've known a lot of them who do mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, we definitely hear a lot of stories about that. Yeah, um, a lot of these managers, like, definitely abuse their position. Um, so is it a thing? It shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. um, is this normal? It shouldn't be normalized. It's pretty fucked up. He could have definitely gone to a club he doesn't work at and hit on dancers there. Yeah. Um, and also, like, if he's going to go to 
tip girls on stage. Like, I think you should tip, like, all the girls on stage then. Like, you're very clearly showing favorites that way. Yeah. Um, or he could have given the mic to someone else to go have a tip in. Yeah. Like, they didn't need to know what's coming from you. Um, but, yeah, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, she talked about working in a different club, though, right? Like, in the... She usually works somewhere else, but she was in... I guess she was, like, travel dancing, maybe. And the and oh the manager was th- like there did yeah. the dance okay yeah yeah because yeah. I was like it maybe like the no. manager bumped into her no she was saying club. no she was saying she works here and like DJs are sometimes weird but whatever but she tried to work at this other club and right. then she went that club did this right yeah to be honest like I probably wouldn't work there again I, I mean I don't very know off putting yeah it depends like also how I mean you said that like, it didn't feel weird nothing was like awkward about the dance like. Best case scenario, he was just trying to like... I think she said it was the weirdest feeling dance she's ever done. So she was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But like if you like that club and he didn't do anything inappropriate, like it depends how you feel about like going back there. Yeah. Um, Like best case scenario, he was trying to help a newbie out and in an expensive... He, yeah, I could have just given her money. Yeah. Truly, yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of guys at the club who give us money for dancing. Hey, I don't really get dances, but here's some money to support you. Yeah. Like, the jam totally could have done that. He didn't need to go yeah. get a fucking lappy. Yeah. Yeah. I um I feel some kind of way about managers being appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, this, this kind of job, unfortunately, attracts a lot of people who, like, manipulate um, their power positions over women, which makes me very, very grossed out and annoyed. Um, but unfortunately... Um, a lot of women don't stand up um, against them and because we aren't really able to, unfortunately, and it's mm-hmm. not like a side of like weakness of the women's part. It's like we understand there's potential fallout, um, especially like how much power we've given some of management and some of like security and DJs mm-hmm. and stuff in the club yeah. that it really like, there's like that like saying it's like power corrupts and absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Um, I think you like see it in these power positions in clubs when like men have this kind of like power position over women. Yeah, and it's definitely not just managers. Like I've seen, you've seen it with DJs. You've seen it yep. with like security. Mm-hmm. Like it's you're in a boys' club. Yeah, like, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, um, I think like yeah. I guess like the only way to like combat that is uh, warning other girls, maybe like privately, mm-hmm. and hoping they don't run to the manager and tell him. Like yeah, but yeah, I, mean, I, I would encourage girls to do that um, because if enough girls are like putting it forward, like, hey, he's been inappropriate or he makes my work uncomfortable, like, hopefully someone higher up will, like, take that seriously. And if no one ever says anything, nothing gets changed. Yeah. Right? So these are some screenshots from her her, um, private messages on OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. So she sent out a pay-per-view message and the guy responded saying, it's sad you cock block on your forever Snapchat. Imagine when you're 45, which isn't far away, maybe 10 years, give or take a few. Shake my head. She goes, excuse me, what does age have to do with Snapchat? I don't cock block. I video chat on there often. And then he Snapchatted her saying, "Working the." she said, working the club. He goes, right on. Let me know when you have some free time. She uh-huh. Goes, she goes, I thought I was a cock block. And your opinions about me turning 45 in quotes, which isn't too far away. We all have bad days and regrets. No excuse for it. I'll admit that. She goes, care to explain why you felt I deserved that? Well, we all have problems that attack innocent people to feel better. I don't. I do understand if you would never want to vibe again. I get it. But I do apologize. Have a good weekend. 
My job isn't to put up with people having a bad day who can't seem to control who they take their shit out on. You think I'm a cock block? Or maybe I've seen this bullshit behavior before from you and have zero interest in interacting with someone who feels like because I'm a random sex worker, he can be shade to me. Why? Because you don't know me or I'm clearly not real human enough with feelings. Terribly sad that you go about having after a grieving widow for not being on the top of her game. Believe me, I felt like shit watching my husband die. However, I haven't, I don't take that out on other people. I don't treat people unfairly. I work on my emotions like an adult. I suggest you do the same if you intend to keep keeping anyone in your, in, Siri, if you intend to keep anyone in your life. He goes, you would be amazed how much our experiences align, but you're right about taking it on others. I agree that was wrong. I don't care. This isn't about how our experiences are similar. This is about you and how you seem to think treating people badly because you have a bad day is okay. Go get therapy. That's childish shit. I know it is. I don't know how to exactly say it other than just unnecessary. It's my battle, my bad, and hopefully it can be better myself moving forward. I do appreciate you calling me out, holding me accountable. I do feel bad about that. No excuse or anything will be forgiven. I hope you have a great weekend, though. She goes, go work on yourself. You need to. Yeah. I love how her responses. Yeah. Yes, love her responses. What a fucking weirdo. Um, also, like, I just hate when people... I had a partner before who used to do this. They'd like say shit. Like they would like be like, you never are like absolutes, right? Or even like you are, like they'd say some kind of claim. Okay, let's, mm-hmm. let's use this one. You're a cock block. How? And then they can't explain anything. They have no reasoning. And you're like, don't say stupid shit. Yeah. Like you don't even know what the fuck is coming out of your mouth. Like I hate people like that. Like so unnecessary, so, so random. You cock block on Snapchat. What are you talking about? And then she yeah. just messaging her chat like, hey, are you the vibe? Like, that's vibe, blah, blah, blah. She's like, what the fuck are you on about? Like, yeah. you just insulting me my age saying I'm a cock block. Like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Go get a therapy. Yeah. Great response. Yes. Proud of you, Kate. Mm-hmm. Fuck this goof. Okay. Last week's poll recap. So we had... A lovely listener ran in saying, I have an idea for the podcast, top most annoying things men regularly ask in the club. I'll start with these gems. What's your real name? What's your ethnicity? What else do you do? Um, I get those all the time. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you do too. So we opened it up to the listeners on the Instagram to send in their most annoying, constant comments or questions they get from people in the club or at work. Want to start us off? Yeah. I I made like a... A stripper bingo, and I'm excited to, like, add these to them. Yes. <laughs> what else do you do outside of the club? What if I just want to strip? Like, why Why does there have to be something else? Like, do p- people come to your work and ask you, like, what, what, what other job do you have? Yeah. Uh, what got you into dancing? How old are you? You know you can't do this forever, right? You're manless. You work here. Mm-hmm. What are your plans after dancing? How much money do you make? Uh, what are you doing after work? And then three eye rolls. <laughs> yeah. What do your tattoos mean? Explain each one in detail. Ugh. Why would I pay for a dance when I can get sex for free? I'm just here to drink. What's your exit plan when you're too old to dance? Is that your real hair? How do you? How does your boyfriend handle you dancing? Oh, my God. Got asked where the washroom was four times in three hours. No dances, no tips, just piss. <laughs> just piss. I don't want to buy a dance, but let me take you over for dinner. Oh, I hate that one. I love your artwork referring to my tattoos. <laughs> oh, God. You're too pretty for this. Does dancing on me turn you on? Oh, no. <laughs> the weirdest, creepiest thing that ever happened to you in the club slash in sex work or if you have a partner or significant other. I would save you from this place. Oh, <laughs> Captain Save a Ho to the rescue. 
So what are you doing after this, especially because we close after 5 a.m.? Another one about what do your tattoos mean? And someone guessing your bra size. Oh, you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times guys will go to me saying, I think you're like a D. <laughs> Sir? <laughs> I'm a D. Yeah, I'm a 30 double H. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I hate it when they ask me if I get along with other dancers. Oh, I get a lot. Where do you live? Like, sir, I do not think so. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you make in a night? How tall are you? No, you're not that tall. It's the shoes. <laughs> um, oh, I'm a good guy. I respect strippers. Proceeds to lurk for hours without spending a dime. Mm-hmm. What do you really do? Do you really wear glasses? This is similar to when you said about the girls getting along. So what girls are your least favorite? It's so odd how they try to pit us against each other. Mm-hmm. Is that your real hair? <laughs> no, sir. Do not talk on it. <laughs> do not. As we've learned, don't pull on it. Uh, you're so hot. Definitely the hottest girl in here. Refuses to tip me or buy a dance. Mm-hmm. What are you doing after this? Can I get your number? Do you want to hang out? How much can I do in a dance? Tells them. But the other girl let me do way more for less money. Ew. I don't want to waste your time. You're too pretty to be doing this. Nah, I don't want to dance. But what are you doing after your shift ends? Anything related to self-respect. Have sex with me. Non-stop on repeat for the whole duration of the room. What's your day job? Ugh, ask you to guess how old they are. Oh, I, I, I mean, we have gotten into a really big habit of like majorly overshooting this though. And it is very fun. Mm -hmm. What's your real job? What's your real name? Similar to that. You're too pretty to be in this. You should get, quit and get a real job. Then a dude told me I should get a part-time job in retail so I have, in quotes, a real job on paper. <laughs> Asking us about our trauma, like what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you at work? Where are your kids? Oh. <laughs> Would you like to go out to dinner and meet outside of here? I respect you too much to get a dance. Any personal info, like someone asked me what, I, what high school I went to. Do you like white guys? Have you ever fucked a white guy? Oh. <laughs> Why did you move here? Oh, ugh, I get that one all the time. Yeah. Why do you do this? Followed by, you can do so much better. The real name question really gets me. Um, you're too good to be doing this, which came up a lot. Mm -hmm. Do you like working here? And the last one I have is, does your family know you work here? One might ask me how much I weigh. Oh. <laughs> um, so this prompted someone I know to message me. And they are not a sex worker. So let's preface it with that. So they say, the opinion to submit for annoying things guys ask in the club. But they do work in a strip club. Okay. Like as a server, bartender kind of thing. Um, I don't think this is particular to sex workers. The way I see it is this. Girls are in a club selling dances, selling a few minutes of their time, essentially to most men whose brains compartmentalize things. They put them into item category. Although they may not think these exact words, it happens subconsciously. I also listen to my injectors of 20 plus years listening to the same shit. How long have you been a doctor? How many people have you been injecting? Where was your training, etc.? I don't think guys ask for a dancer, her ethnicity, something that closely relates to how the body can end up having those features is necessarily rude. Annoying, but I don't think it's out of place. Sometimes the dancers complaining about rude men reminds me that they don't realize nice men usually don't go into clubs to commoditize women. It's like being a lobbyist and hating on politicians. Maybe the overarching factor is actually just people, other women included, giving females less credit in the workplace. 
having to constantly dissect what they do, how they got there and where they're going, I think it definitely doesn't happen to men the same. So I said, I think the difference between asking a doctor questions about their experience slash expertise, et cetera, is different than asking personal questions about a dancer when those answers do not impact the dance experience. Um, and they said, but what would a doctor one year who's done nothing but Botox be worse than a doctor 20 years who just started? It's still a question. I'm just saying the questions sound better, but the energy is all the same. I just think in general, people put women under a watchful eye, almost expecting them to like have a way harder story to get there. Um, I was like, yeah, I really hate the questions like, what's the worst thing to happen in the club? Like, why are you asking someone to retell their traumas for you? They said, it's exactly like when they say, have you ever done, ever had anyone go blind during nose filler? That's also traumatic and scary. Um, and then, um, and I, and I said, this, this I think people ask about the, have you ever someone go blind? This I think people ask to gauge how their own safety because they want to know, has this happened before? Can it happen to me, et cetera? I'm asking women to tell them when a man sexually assaulted them at work or not wanting him to gauge how safe, is not wanting him to gauge how safe he is. Like, I think those are very much questions. Mm -hmm. And then they said, yeah, I don't understand that question at all. Like, why someone would ask that? Um, but but, but I but I think some of the other ones aren't that weird in my opinion. Like I'd ask a male dancer his ethnicity because we know we like Italian cock better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in general, I also think sometimes men are too shit at talking to women in general and resort to cliche stuff from movies. And I was like, well, I mean, I like Australian cock, but same same. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, like I I do get asking questions and like wanting to like know about your dancer, whatever, like, how long have you worked here? Fine, whatever. But it's the questions like, what else do you do? What's your real job? And stuff like that, that devalues the job that we're doing. Like, I bet you, your esthetician is never being asked um, what else they do, like what other job they have. Because yeah. it just like is an ode to the fact that people don't see dancing as like a proper job or a real job, or you have to be in school to have it like validated. Um, and yeah, definitely the, uh, what's the worst thing to happen to you is just like, it feels like a gate, an engagement of like how much you can get away with before you're the worst. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Um, yeah, but, um, I like those responses. I, um, I have heard all them times 5,000 mm -hmm. for sure. What is your most common you think? Definitely questions about like. I mean, I kind of, I'm only annoyed about this because of the frequency in which I get it is the like, where are you from? How long have you been here? What brought you here? Uh, do you like Canada more than New Zealand? Do you have any plans to go back? Like th those aren't annoying questions to me. Like, and that's kind of I where I understand like what this server is saying is like, those questions are just annoying to me because they're repetitive. They're not annoying to me because they like devalue my work. You know, like the ones that I don't like are like, you're too pretty to work here. Um, uh, what's the worst thing that's happened to you? What's your real job? Or like, do you also, you know, do something else that, you know, makes your life worth living because it's not stripping? Like, mm -hmm. those are probably the ones that like are actually annoying to me because of like the type of question they are versus like the frequency I get them. Yeah. Um, I get, are your boobs real? Constantly, which is insane. Um, so I would just say, uh, yep, they're uh, real expensive. <laughs> um, I get, um, how long have you been dancing? What I get, what ethnicity are you? All day, every day, twice on Sunday. 
Um, and I get that like not just in the club, like even you and I will be out and people constantly ask me what ethnicity I am. What the fuck does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck does it matter? <laughs> what ethnicity I am? Um, those are like the two most common for sure. Um, but yeah, why do you do this? You're too smart to do this. You're too yeah. great to do this, blah, blah, blah. What's your plan after this? Um, yeah, but I always just have like some kind of like snarky, like smart ass remark to say. Like if someone mm-hmm. says, you know, um, you're too pretty and smart to do this, I say, okay, I can find you an ugly dumb stripper if you'd like. <laughs> you know, and then you realize how fucking stupid you sound. Or if they say, you know, what ethnicity are you? Um, I go, whatever ethnicity you're least racist towards. <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, clearly it's a little bit like of a racist comment. Like mm-hmm. you're trying to make sure I'm not something you don't like, which yeah. I could. And the only reason I say that, people might think it's a nice comment. No, it's not. Because the minute I tell you, I'm a certain ethnicity that you're racist. I can see your face fucking change. I can see your remark and go, oh, I thought you were Latina. Oh, I thought you were this. Like, yeah. um, that you're disappointed. I'm not whatever the fuck you want me to be. Um, and, uh, or if they see, yeah, the boobs, I would say, like, yeah, they're real expensive. Um, or, uh, you know, what's the most traumatic thing that happened to you? I go, um, probably people ask me this question 20 times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, men like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That was a great poll for this past week. This next week poll come up was written in by a listener as well and it says have you ever talked about escorts who do not work for that strip club coming in and trying to pick up men and then take them out of the club i'm curious to know what the dancers say i see it as bad because it makes the tippers from the takes tippers from the girls actively working in that club as well as the bar but then i like think is it wrong to police where an escort can pick up a client so we're gonna post that on the instagram let you guys um address that Share your thoughts, feelings, concerns, wishes, and then uh, farewells, <laughs> farewells, <laughs> blessings, and then we'll unpack it on episode one fifty. I also have a, another one coming up. We're gonna do a double poll, and it's asking about the retirement age and peak earning age. Someone was asking about mm. that, so thought that might be a good one to wait on. No, let's not do that because that's just gonna upset me if I'm past the peak earning. You are age. so past both those, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, as we've been promising for approximately three years, we are reviewing the Money Shot Pornhub doc before we let you go. So obviously in the documentary, they talk about porn. What? Big, big surprise. What? <laughs> and um, I was wondering first, do you remember the first time you saw porn? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, I was like 14 or 15. Um, and me and my best friend, like it was when... Lesbian. Pe- <laughs> Lesbian. Um, it was when... Like, people started talking about porn at high school and, like, seeing porn and, like, you know, those sorts of conversations start coming up. And um, so I remember, like, we were hanging out at her place, like, one afternoon and we, like, Googled just obviously, like, porn (laughs) and watched the first video that um, came up and just, like, in hysterics about, like, how this penis looked. (laughs) Because, like, I remember the vein on the bottom of it was so prominent. It looked like a chicken bone and we lost it and then we turned it off. Did and then you scissored. <laughs> <laughs> um, I this is telling my age that you could the fact that you could even Google porn when you're younger. I had to <laughs> could not Google it because we did not have a home computer back then um, in the 1800s. <laughs> and I, <laughs> Papa, the winter has been yeah. so cold. I had to find the the chisel drawings in the <laughs> cave wall of porn. <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> um, no, so my family didn't really have, like, didn't have cable, didn't really have a computer till like, later, later years. And it was, like, late night back in the day. I don't know if you remember this, but they'd have, like, hot girls lying on beds. And they'd be like, call me. <laughs> and, like, you'd, like, call people and, like, talk to them, like, have sex phone yeah. operators, right? Um, and, like, 
I remember that's like the first time where I watched like hot naked girls and I would like have the rabbit ears on no. the, you know <laughs> rabbit like antennas and yeah, I'd yeah. find it on the antennas and then watch these hot girls um Lounge like beans. lounge in beds and like kind of like talk a little dirty and I'd be like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Nesbian."> <laughs> yeah that was like my first like kind of introduction to like sex work um I was sorry just a side note for this because I find it like so iconic um I dated someone who like grew up Mormon mm. and he was telling me that like on 10 out of 10 do not recommend yeah <laughs> but he had like bunk beds with like because he had like a shit ton of siblings yeah. right um, but he had um, just the woman in like Sears catalogs like cut out and like put around his bed. <laughs> I just think that's so iconic. And he was like, I have no idea how my parents let me have those like Sears catalog women. <laughs> Unhinged behavior. <laughs> um, that's wild. I've actually heard that before that people like masturbate to like Sears catalogs, yeah. like the lingerie. And, but isn't and it just bikinis. like so like. Oh, like, like mannequin, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever gets you off. Mine was like girl just rolling in a bed. <laughs> Fuck. Um, okay, back to the porn documentary. Real porn, real people. Um, <laughs> so, Pornhub was run by MindGeek, which is an umbrella tech company. It owns Pornhub, Brazzers, XTube, etc., and it's Canadian, which I actually didn't really know that. Yeah, I didn't know until I watched the documentary. Either. And it was started by Pornhub was started by three male Concordia students. Um, and then it was sold to another guy in 2020, 2010 who made it blow up, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to butcher his last name, but it's Fabian Thalman, T-H-Y-L-M-A-N-N. And he got convicted of tax evasion and MindGeek slash Pornhub was bought by David Tassello and Ferris Antoon. And there was uh, major pri- piracy issues going on. Um People that get left in the dust are like the sex workers and performers, obviously, when that happens because mm-hmm. they're not getting compensated for their work. In um, then became Model Hub in 2018 is um, Pornhub's clip site. It's like kind of like the paid section of the site. And then fan subscriptions like Model Hub were a total game changer. Uh, models, performers uh, no longer had to rely on studios. They could be their own content creators and in charge of their own business, similar to what you see with like OnlyFans. And then one of the biggest categories they were saying is popular's, you know, in quotes, teen, which is supposed to refer to a slim body site. Um, but also my question is why wouldn't they just call it slim? Why yeah. call it teen? Um, questionable, questionable choice there. Um, before 2020, you didn't need to verify for free content. So people were uploading content that wasn't theirs and non-consensual and couldn't really be tracked. And then many performers had actually been begging uh, for mandatory verification for years. And the people in power just kept saying, no, we're working on it, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but majority of Pornhub's content was still not verified. So that's another issue when you hear all these issues with like, you know, um, porn industry is horrible. It's like, well, you see these performers, the actual porn stars, the reason porn is there, the, the whole backbone of the porn industry are fighting and demanding verification, demanding stricter laws and, and more regulation and, and protection for porn to be adult and to be consensual and to mm-hmm. be verified. And then somehow there's still the, the evil, the evil parts of porn, which is crazy in the minds of these people that are uneducated. And then you saw Trafficking Hub come up, which was a campaign to shut down Pornhub on the claims of executives being complicit in sexual trafficking, um, which is enabling and profiting from rape, sexual trafficking, and abuse. Mm-hmm. And then the lawsuit came forward, which is sex trafficking claims that Pornhub is knowingly profiting from sex trafficking. 
Uh, Nicholas Kristoff has a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, became part of the trafficking hub campaign and found, in quotes, too many cases of kids' worst nightmares were filmed and put online. He wrote an article called The Children of Pornhub. But as um, we see um, one of the porn stars talking about in the film, she makes it a point to to very clearly state that sex trafficking is not sex work. One is a crime, one is consensual, and um, an adult's choice to be in that career. Yep. Um, and then it wasn't until, you know, this article was written, and I think they had the three, um, like, suggestions of how they could um, make it better, which was, like, uh, proper mediating of videos, um, verified accounts, which was, as you said, something that porn stars had been, like, Advocating for. Advocating for. And um, I can't remember the last one, actually. Do you have it? Yeah. But it was like, it, it was just annoying to see like something that the porn artists had been um, like striving for. It wasn't, they didn't listen until like this article Outsiders. said it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people were also demanding the payment processing companies like Visa and MasterCard drop Pornhub, mm -hmm. which only hurt the actual porn performers, obviously, because that's always who gets hurt by it. Pornhub actually end up removing a large amount of content, 9 to 10 million videos of unverified users. The company behind the trafficking hub, Exodus Cries, is extreme far right and fundamentalist Christian beliefs and goal is to end sex work entirely, pretending it's, quote, save the women, save the children, um, which we see that a lot with these anti-porn. They're mostly just, you know, um, masquerading as saving people yeah. when they're really just like extremist and... Uh, you see a lot of swerfs, pretty much all swerfs. <laughs> yeah, and they refer to anything that is um, extreme content, like extreme sex work, and that would include Sports Illustrated and Cosmopolitan is what they um, like deem as um, extreme porn. Yeah. Um, so then one of the talking heads in the documentary said, if you think people are exploited and doing it exploitly for the money, then help them with money. Mm -hmm. You know, if that's, if that's, you think the whole, you know, issue with it. Um, increasing negative publications about porn doesn't hurt porn execs, it hurts the sex workers and porn performers. Um, we see uh, in one of the um, pull-ups on, um, they pull up a, um, um, a video chat with um, one of the Pornhub execs, Ferris Antoon, and he's asked about his sprawling mansion at the committee meeting, and then he flash forward to it getting burned down. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Um, doesn't look suspicious at all. Um, so yeah, because they asked him, you know, are these, you know, do you own these houses? Like, why are you making so much money? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they didn't like that. Um, and eventually, most porn performers kind of moved from Pornhub to OnlyFans when the payment processing options were pulled. Yeah. Obviously, they had to kind of pivot, which sex workers um, unfortunately always have to do, but luckily are able to do. Well, they're very, quite innovative. And then we saw Sesta Fosta. The law made it more unsafe for and um, for. Uh, real sex workers, and it allowed child predators to become harder to find. So it did the opposite of what it claimed it wanted to mm -hmm. do. And I actually had no idea before watching the documentary that Sister Foster was like, um, kind of came because of all of this stuff with Pornhub. Yeah. And then you see a clip of the CEO being asked about, or someone talking about how um, they were in a boardroom meeting and the CEO was asked about um, Sister Foster and he had no idea what it was. Mm -hmm. So the people who are making millions off the backs of sex workers don't have an ounce of concern about their well-being or what's happening for them. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, obviously for those that don't know, um, uh, FOSTA-SESTA 
It's um, FOSTA allows states and victims to fight online sex trafficking act and SESTA stop enabling sex trafficking act. Um, they came forward in uh, April 11, 2018. Um, you know, we can get into a whole thing about that. It's, um, yeah, it's had mm-hmm. an insane, insane uh, fallout, negative fallout, and um, not really positive at all from what I've heard. Um, but yeah, it, it censored numerous platforms. It has made it extremely hard performers to market themselves, and you'll see that in the shadow banning that we see on social media. Uh, the tagging rules are also very homophobic. You know, you can't have pegging. So there's no pegging, no fisting, etc. And obviously the real issue is the internet. It's not Pornhub and it's certainly certainly not the sex workers themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and just talking about the, the whole MasterCard being pulled from OnlyFans, which we have discussed on this when it happened, mm-hmm. um, and is still a problem, a um, non-profit, ACLU, Um, You can find them on Instagram if you want to support. Um, They filed a Federal Trade Commission complaint against MasterCard over the discriminatory practices against online sex workers. Mm. So that'll be very, you know, good to see how that, well, it'd be interesting to see how that pans out at all. But um, you can head to their link. Again, it is ACUL underscore nationwide um, and head to their bio and demand MasterCard put an end to harmful policies. Do it. Okay. I, what, what was your overall uh, thoughts on the doc? It was good. There was a lot that I actually um, wasn't aware of. Like, I mean, one, I didn't even know that Pornhub had like a model hub site. Mm. Like, it's just not something that I'm very familiar with. Um, and I didn't know that uh, Foster Sister or Sister Foster um, came from this um, uh, kind of debacle with Pornhub. Mm. And also, I had no idea that you could even upload um, content if you were not verified. Yeah, it's very concerning mm-hmm. that, um, you know, once again, we say that the models are the ones that are advocating for verification. Yeah. And yet unsurprising that they don't do it until the men who or yeah, while well, the men who are profiting off the back of sex workers are, profit as much. are getting in trouble. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I watched it twice now. Um, I, a lot of familiar faces, a lot of porn mm-hmm. stars I recognize. Um, and uh yeah, it was, it was very um, informative. Um, I like that it was a little bit more pro-sex work mm-hmm. geared because, um, you know, you see a lot of documentaries that are not, that are basically made by swerfs. Uh, yeah, I didn't mind it. Go um, go have a watch. Let us know what you guys think of it. And before we let you go, well, I'm going to leave you with this last um, message I got from a listener. I was listening to a recent episode lately where you and Riley were talking about gross things that guys have called your boobs. I had to share my own experience. I was dancing for a guy that I never met before. He was very specific at the beginning of the dance that all he wanted me to do was sit in his lap facing him and let him touch my breasts. I figured that was easy enough. So he starts doing his thing. Then he says, you have very nice memories. Oh. He went on to compliment the inner feel of my boobs, poking and massaging as if I was getting a breast exam. He did this for two to three songs, thanked me very much, and went on his way. Mammaries. Wow. <laughs> Not incorrect. <laughs> but uh, the inside feeling on my boobs? Yeah. Did I mean, look, free breast exam, right? I know, Paid right? To have a breast exam? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, wild. A gentle reminder to check your breasts. Woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on a passing, on a leaving note. Yeah. <laughs> on a parting note. Uh, all right, guys. That is the end of it for this episode. As always, you can find us on Instagram at 50 plus a tip pod. Email at 50 plus a tip 
at gmail.com. Slide into the DMs with questions, comments. Rate on those polls. We love um, seeing your guys' responses to those. So check that out on the Instagram, 50PositivePod. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And uh, share with a friend. Give us five to five stars. Tell us how much you love us. We love hearing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything to add, my love? No, I think you uh, just wrapped it up real nice and a little tight, tweet blow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, keep listening to hear about our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. And happy whoring. Bye. Goodbye. And a huge thank you to our amazing sponsors, X9, which is a local Vancouver swimmer and exotic wear company that was started out of the love for creativity, art, and experimentation. It began in a showroom in 2018 located in the heart of East Vancouver and with the original spirit of the brand in mind to create fun and unique pieces for sex workers, dancers, performers, and the queer community to express their confidence and sexuality. Find them on Instagram at x9bikini. Also, shout out to Olivia and Lash, um, our lovely sponsor for bringing our lashes to life. Whatever your poison, simple classics, wispy, dramatic, colored, and even bottom lashes, Liz is truly a master of them all. You can find her on Instagram at Lash. that's L-A-V-I-E-E-N-L-A-S-H, and let her know that 50 Plus A Tip sent you to get $20 off your first visit. Have a wonderful week. And happy whoring. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>